Welcome back to another episode of the Hoops Temple Podcast. I'm back. My housing dilemma has been settled. Gentlemen, thank you for recording without me. How have you guys been? Excellent, Nate. Um, it's been two weeks since we recorded last time, but I think we are more than ready to uh, record another one. Yeah, and I guess it's been like three weeks since we last had you, Nate, which is yeah. impressive because you went from clean shaven to now back to a full beard in that, that short amount of week. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, you know, if you just focus really hard, the hair follicles just pop out of your face. Um, it's, uh, huh. it's what I've always said. That and avocado oil. You just rub some avocados on your face. Now you know. Provided you wash your face recently, you know, you can still make walk out of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, gentlemen, our uh, housekeeping still has a few more teams left of this summer. And we've been going divisionally, kicking things back off with the Pacific Division. I feel like there's no real debate here. Sacramento's at the bottom of the division. What are you guys looking for out of the Kings this season? I actually think they made some pretty damn solid moves this offseason. Like low-key Terrence Davis, who has been pretty damn good for, for Toronto. So they got a nice bench guard. I mean, maybe even starting guard, depending who they want to start. Buddy Yield or, or Terrence Davis. They're a young team. They got Damian Mitchell in the draft. Um, I don't expect them to like suddenly just be good. I think they're maybe a year or two away from being like anything substantial. Rishon Holmes, really like him. He got signed again, and that's great for them. So they made some pretty damn good roster moves. Also got Tristan Thompson in there. Mm. Wait, how did you get Tristan Thompson? I don't know, but they have Tristan Thompson on their roster. Oh my gosh, that feels like... Just a depressing way for him to continue his career, which has yeah, really... behind Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> and also, I mean, they they don't really need him. I mean, Tristan Thompson ideally would be a pretty good like bench guy on a good team. What I'm hoping for this season from, from Sacramento is that they move on from Marvin Beckley. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, they can get some good value for him in terms of getting some some older players who have been playing the league for a longer time. Because um, if you look at the roster, they are actually... If you look at guys like Harrison Barnes, uh, Buddy Yield, Rishon Holmes, they're actually not that young. So either you kind of want to move, move away from... Uh, Harrison Barnes and Buddy Yield, which may be the case, or you wanna, or you wanna move on from some of the young guys like Marvin Bagley um, to to like get better. <laughs> but it's a weird team, not a team I expect a lot out of. Um, but they have some young young pieces who is looking really good, and they they're definitely better than last season. I think. Yeah, so last season they were basically tied for the tenth best offense in the league, so they're a top ten offense. The big trouble last season is that they were the the absolute worst defense in the league. You know, Nico, you're saying, do they really need Tristan Thompson? And you know, just having a backup center who can come in and you know play defense and rebound and and be a, a credible NBA player, um, I think should help them out a little bit there. Davion Mitchell's going to come into the league and be like straight off the bat one of the best defensive players at sort of the point of attack. I think you know even as a rookie with the way that he's able to defend. And so the the big hope for the Kings, if they're looking to make improvements, is just that with Darren Fox and heel shooting and some of these complementary players, that they can keep that offense as a as a top ten level. But if that defense just like even gets into the twenties, then you're starting to look at like you know getting closer to a five hundred team, which is maybe enough for them to get into the playoff map. Well, I've seen that FanDuel has the Kings at thirty five and a half wins. You taking the over? You taking the under on that bet? 
Hmm, I'm leaning towards under, but could go either way. See, I'm hammering the under. Hmm. There are players yeah. that I like on this team, and they all play the same position. You brought up Terrence Davis. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I like Terrence Davis. Terrence is nice. Terrence is a good backup. I'm like, oh, right. yeah, Davian Mitchell, great summer league. Also a guard. Aaron Fox, also a guard. Buddy Heald, also a guard. And none of these... Yeah. Players are really going to be able to play together. We already saw it last year where they kind of struggled to play the three-guard lineup. Well, now you're arguably five of your top six or seven are all guards. Right. So, it's, it's weird because, you know, the draft of Davian Mitchell, who I think is is a really good player. Uh, I really like like him as a player. His intensity on defense is really interesting. And I'm hoping to see him play big minutes. But then again, you have like Darren Fox and, and Tyrese Halliburton, who certainly should be their starters. And, and then, you know, Buddy Hield, he should play at least like at least 26 minutes per game. So like they don't really have that many minutes for Davian Mitchell unless you can play him up against some of the like bigger guys. So you kind of play him like a forward, but he's only six. Yeah, he's really small. Yeah. He's, he's under. So... They list that, him at six two on their official roster, but it wouldn't shock me if he is smaller. Yeah, ESPN says six zero. Yeah, ESPN is not is not buying the Kings bullshit. No, good. They shouldn't. So, about- so I think they should just move on from Buddy Yield and and like double down on their youth development. Mountain Nico says, well, who do you guys think is going to be the second worst team in the conference? Uh, because the Pacific Division. It's a really strong division. Yeah, Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and Suns. Are we okay to say Clippers will be the fourth best team in the division? Yeah, I definitely think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's um, you know, that's that's a tough division. That's four of your eight playoff teams, like right there. But I think Dylan, didn't you say something like uh, Clippers without Kawhi and and. Th- the, the basically the starters they are putting on the court this season was like uh, really bad last season. Yeah, just looking at the um, the lineup data on cleaning the glass and the lineup that I think will probably start Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Zubats. And you know, a fairly small sample size, but still they were um, they were negative ten in one hundred and ten positions last season, and that that was the most used lineup right. with Paul George without Kawhi. That's not promising. They they scored one hundred and seven and gave up one hundred and seventeen, which is like just terrible um so you hope that they can you know that that will improve if we get reggie jackson from the playoffs who's just like you know the best player on the floor at any given point then you can't imagine that lineup being that terrible but that was definitely something that concerned me just thinking you know like oh surely this this is you know a perfectly reasonable team they should be able to hold up and then the probable starting lineup played 110 positions and were negative 10 right and that's the thing right because reggie jackson wasn't really that good last season but his playoff performance was just amazing another guy who's also just really good in the playoffs for you guys plus Batum really stepped up and the same goes for Terrence Mann. I was really enjoying seeing Terrence Mann play in the playoffs. So if those guys actually developed into <laughs> really good players all of a sudden, then it's looking better than than I would expect. But do you really expect Reggie to to hold up and contribute to, contribute to this team at the same level as in the playoffs? I'm not sure. But I mean, they did upgrade in terms of getting a, a better guard than Rajon Rondo in in Eric Bledsoe. So. That's also good. So what if they just keep playing small ball? Yeah. And one of the things that really helped them smoke Utah was being able to space the floor out. I mean, almost go James Harden-esque uh, Houston, except for not heliocentric. 
just a a five man anybody can get by hit their defender um try to spread the ball and attack do you think that has some potential to work and actually be a lot of fun to watch yeah maybe you could play richard jackson and eric bledsoe at the same time you can use uh, you know um, paul george as your small forward and then you can have nicholas batum and marcus morris as the big guys that would be really interesting yeah, um, I mean, to your point, Nate, the reason that the Clippers were able to get past the Jazz, even without Kawhi, you know, the Jazz were the best regular season team last year, and, and the Clippers got past them with Paul George played a lot of minutes. Um, you know, he was up over 40 almost every night, and the Marcus Morris was basically the full-time starting center. Um, so I think if if the Clippers do go that route, which I wouldn't expect them to, but if, if they did just lean in and, and just go James Harden small ball every every night, you know, it's a lot harder to hold up that way, but I mean, how how do you how do you stop that lineup? What if they were able to add another franchise star, franchise level player, as he says, in John Wall? I'm all for it. I surely can understand if some people would like be against bringing in John Wall. He hasn't exactly been healthy last few years, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Um, but I think he can be an instant upgrade over Bledsoe and Richie Jackson. Uh, I'm definitely all for it. I think they can they can actually you know bring out a pretty good package for um, Houston Rockets in terms of Clippers not actually losing that much uh, on the court. I mean, Luke Kennard is really that important to uh, to Clippers? I don't think so. So they're not losing that much, and and I don't think Houston is like asking a lot for him. So a cheap cheap upgrade that can pay off. I think. I mean, salary cap wise. The Clippers could bring him in for Bledsoe, Luke Kennard, and Serge Ibaka. That's not even that much actually useful players as far as uh, the Clippers are concerned. Mm. Ibaka was pretty hurt, pretty limited last year. I think if he's healthy and looking good this year, he'd be a really useful piece. But I mean, if you can get this guy for Kennard, Bledsoe, and Ibaka, I'm all for it. Dylan, what say you? I've never been a massive John Wall fan, but in saying that, like, I'm actually kind of keen on this trade. I think it's actually a good move. The The structure that I came up with was like Bledsoe, Morris, and Kennard, which makes the money work. You know, those are three guys in the 12, 15, 18 million range. And then to, um, you know, make it fair and taking back the worst contract in the league, we also get Jay Sean Tate to fit, it, fit in as, um, you know, a, a front court player who can make some buckets and potentially hold up in sort of a switching system. So that's, that's actually something that I kind of like for this team. And going into next, I think the defense is actually going to be pretty good. Like, you just play more, you know, more Terrence Mann, which is which is fine. Um, you know, Paul George becomes your lead defender. That's 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 fine. I think the defense is going to be good. It's um, you know, the offense that could struggle. So having John Wall, who's you know not what he used to be, and even what he used to be, I think was was overrated. But he's a guy that can still run an offense, run some pick and roll, get downhill, create some create some scoring opportunities for himself and for his teammates. And if you know being in a more positive situation with a little bit more of a um a winning team with a little bit more of a culture you know if that that can really help get the best out of him then i'm actually pretty keen for that i can't believe i'm saying this but if you would include if the rockets say you have to include marcus morris i might be out yeah morris just had such a good uh shooting season for them that i if i'm the clippers i'm like hey abaka canard and bledsoe and that's it yeah. Also, Marcus Morris is a really good piece to guard other small ball lineups. There's not a lot of defenders like him in the league who can, you know, guard small fives and uh, and also perimeter players. And on the Houston side of things, Ibaka is in the final year of his deal, whereas Morris has presumably two more or so. 
you get off the money a little bit faster. That that seems like they'd agree to that sooner. They're just stuck with uh, Luke Kennard's kind of long-term bad money. But I mean, Luke Kennard is not that bad to get stuck on, you know. He he can be a fine player to have off the bench uh, while developing all those young players in, in Houston. And, and also, you know, if Luke Kennard gets enough minutes and looks good in Houston, then they might get some positive uh, assets back for him. So that's not too bad, I think. In terms of in terms of getting John Wall, he was actually looking pretty good in Houston at some parts of the season. You know, while he was healthy, uh, I think he really showed that he can still be a, a pretty damn good starter in this league. And his playmaking will be would be really nice in 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 LA Clippers lane. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that package with Ibaka is probably maybe better for both teams. The question is just, you know, Serge sort of took a, a pay cut to come to this team and whether there's some sort of background dealings going on that make a, make trading him unlikely. Some wink-wink deals. All right, final verdict on the Clippers. FanDuel has their projected wins at 45 and a half. You taking the over or you taking the under? 45, you say? Hmm. Just for context, last season they had the point differential of a team over 82 games that would have won 57. So you're losing 15 wins with Kawhi being out. Sounds about right to me. Over under 40. I think they are. I'm I'm gonna go under. For a little bit more context, Boston last season had the point differential of a 45 win team. They were 12th on defense and 10th on offense. Yeah, I'm going with the under then. Because if you ask me if this. Clippers team is going to be better or worse than Boston this season. I I kind of like Boston. I think they were quite injured last season, though. Yeah, they they had a lot of that's injury true. problems, and, and they were also hit hard by COVID. Yeah, so that so the Clippers were fourth on offense and ninth on defense last year, and so to be a forty-five win team, they're you know like I said somewhere just outside the top ten on both. Do you think they can be around there? I think around 40, 40 wins would be realistic for LA Clippers. You think they're going to be below five hundred? I think it's a possibility. I think if you can lose your number one player and still be a 500 team, um, you're a really good team. They like, still have a superstar player, so... Yeah, but, I mean, just... Uh, there's always been a thing about, hey, when you lose your top player, you're supposed to decrease by X amount of games. I'm trying to pull up the Lakers right now. Uh, it was the first year that Shaq left. Like, they dropped off. Yeah, so Shaq left, and they went from a 56-win team to a 34-win team. With Kobe still in the lineup, Kobe injures his Achilles in 2013. Uh, they go from a 45-win team to a 27-win team. It just losing a number one player it really hurts. And I would say I I value Kawhi enough to say that losing him is probably gonna be a 20-game decrease. But like, didn't those Lagos teams have like zero good players other than uh, Kobe? Yeah, like you want to Paul try to tell George me that Reggie is... Jackson is a good player? <laughs> didn't we all have Paul George as like a top 12 player? So this team's got. Got one of the twelve best players in the league. Yeah, I think he can. He, he should be good enough to carry a team to like thirty-eight. Yeah, but they used to have two, and with two they were at fifty-seven. With one, I'm I'm not betting on them being over five hundred. I just think that Paul George would just would just uh, like increase his workload, and and I don't think that's a big downgrade from Kawhi. So like the the Grizzlies last year were like a five hundred win, were like a five hundred team. You think that this year's Clippers are the quality of last year's Grizzlies? Like you don't think that the depth is better and that Paul George is better than Ja last year? So I think Paul George is better than Ja, but I think the rest of the players on that roster is okay. Let's let's line them up. You take Paul George first. Yeah. You probably take Ja second. Right. Yeah. Who's your third pick? I mean, they're all, they're all pretty even. Then you're like Valanciunas, Zubats, Kyle Anderson, uh, and Marcus I, I take Morris. I way over Zub. Yeah. 
Val was really good last year in, in his role. Yeah, he's a very good offensive player, but Zubats is like sneakily one of the best rim protectors in the league. Yeah, that's because he's got Kawhi and Paul George <laughs> stopping people from getting to the rim. Like, here's the thing. When I was like 12 to 13, actually 12, 11, 12, and 13, I had three straight seasons of shutouts as a hockey goalie. Super impressive. Except for the fact that I played on the best defense in the league and I got like maybe two or three shots on goal. So, you know, whatever shots I got were usually like long shots that were pretty easy to stop. Like I was a, I was not good at goalie. I just had a really good defense. And that's kind of how I view Zubats's numbers is like, hey, when people finally get around these guys, they're not getting the cleanest looks. They're rushing, you know, it's not as impressive as, as it could be. Is there any LA Clippers guys you... you you want over uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.? Oh. I mean, aside from Paul George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if Memphis offered Jaron Jackson and, and they they said, I just want the second best guy, like, who who would the Clippers pick? <laughs> I mean, how much are you really trying to sell us that Reggie Jackson is good? Jaron Jackson for Terrence Mann. Fair and balanced. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I think Memphis Grizzlies' second best guy is definitely a lot better than the Lake Clippers' second best guy at the moment. Let's let's put it this way: I think if the Clippers are healthy, Paul George is one of the best players in the league. They've got pretty good depth and a, a pretty decent coach, so I think they're probably one of the six best teams in the in the conference. If Paul George misses any time, like I don't think this team is going to be able to score. So if yeah. Paul George plays 60 games, then those 20 games are going to be, you know, five and 15. In which case, you're, you know, you're 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 really dropping your team back. And so I think it's a little bit of a bet on Paul George's George's health, whether sure. whether he's able to hold up. It's kind of a bet on everyone's health because let's say Zubac goes down, you don't really have much as by way of backup center. Ibaka, whose health has been questionable, uh, and you've got Harry Giles. You know, and th- there's a chance you could be starting Harry Giles. Those if yeah, if but Zubac he's goes never down. been healthy either. <laughs> you know, and the guard spot if Reggie Jackson goes down. Zubats plays like every game though. Like Zubats never gets hurt. No. Thus far, I'm just saying you're counting on every all of these players that have good health. There's got to be some some wiggle room. I mean, so I'm I'm going with the under. It sounds like you're taking the over, Dylan. I think that's like right about the amount of games that they'll win. Yeah, you know, forty-five. That's what Vegas does. They try to pick them as best they can. Yeah, they had forty-seven wins last with ten fewer games. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. What, what was that? What was the exact um, over under? Forty-five. Forty-five and a half. So if you take forty-five, you got the under. You take forty-six, you got the over. Dallas last year were eighth on offense, twenty-two on defense, and had the point differential of a forty-seven win team. I think the Clippers will be similar, similar sort of point differentials. But opposite? Yeah. Switch those two, move the defense down yeah. a little bit, the offense a little bit up, but I think they'll be right around there. So 47 wins, um, assuming Paul George doesn't miss too many games, which I wouldn't expect. Well, for the middle team, I'm just going to go with what FanDuel does. This year, we can kind of debate this, but FanDuel has Golden State Warriors set to finish in the middle of the pack in the Pacific with a 47 and a half win in total. How are we feeling about their off season and how are we feeling about their projections for the upcoming season? A little bit of context. It doesn't seem like Clay is going to play before like Christmas at the earliest. They made some really solid roster moves this off season. They got Aldo Porter Jr. They added some nice rookies. They got Chris Chiosa and Nemanja Bjelica, uh, which is nice. But the, um, the thing that makes me kind of uncertain about the... Um, Warriors is that I don't think they're actually done dealing 
Hmm. I, I just have a feeling that one or two of the rookies, you know, one one or either one is going to get traded for for something useful. Um, th- this is kind of like they they have two seasons left, uh, I think, to compete for a championship. Steph Curry is thirty three. Can he really keep on going after thirty five? I mean, they they really need to to um, make a roster move or two and 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 try to compete for a championship right now. And and Draymond also is a key part to them being a competitive team, and he's you know he's getting yeah. getting basically worse and worse every year. Yeah. The part that makes this hard to be like yes, what was that that line, Nate? What was the number? Forty seven and a half. Forty seven. The part that makes that hard is like okay, did they improve their roster? I mean, probably. You know, even even you know, setting aside Clay coming back, did they get better? I'd say probably. So then you okay, well they got a few games better. Clay's coming back eventually, which should win a few more games again. Steph is kind of the question. So they played at a forty two win pace last season and Steph was like ridiculous and very healthy. So it's like would you expect Steph to be as good and to play as many games to just be like, Okay, they're gonna be forty two and then you add an Otto Porter Junior and, and whatever else, and then you add in Clay and they are easily five wins better. It's like, well, if I expect them to lose a few more games because Steph is not the greatest offensive player of all time and doesn't play almost every game, then that's that's going to drop it down a little bit. For context, Steph Curry last season, 32 points. Steph Curry, his two MVP years, uh, 23.8 and 31.0. And just shooting splits-wise, Curry has declined. When he was winning his MVPs, he was shooting in 45% and 44% from three. Last season was down to 42. And it's not like 42 is an aberration for him now. The past couple of years, not counting his five-game season, 43, 42, 41. Um, he's, he's trying to do a lot more. I kind of think that you have to think about this like Curry's not going to win you another title. And I know that might sound blasphemous to say, but I don't think Curry can lift a team in the same way he did back in 2016 or 2015. I think they need to take a long-term view, and I would actually not trade those rookies. I, I would try to see if you can get Draymond to take a discount on the next contract. i try to see if you can get Clay to take a discount. If not, you know, maybe you try to move them. But I, I think you have to start pivoting to saying, okay, Curry is our Tim Duncan, and we need a Kawhi Leonard to come get us another ring. And I actually, I, I take the under for a third straight team, so... Someone's got to prove me wrong at some point, but I think Golden State needs to go the slow route this year because Draymond and Clay are not going to win you a title. Curry alone is not going to win you a title. No one's going to trade you a superstar for Dre and Clay, and I, I don't think you're really getting a superstar for Kaminga Wiseman. So I, I'd go slow. I'd let Curry take some games off. I try to preserve his career so that way he can play another five, six years. Yeah, that's fair. One thing that's a little bit encouraging for uh, Golden State Warriors fans, Jordan Poole uh, really stepped up in the late parts of last season. Before the All-Star break, he was only averaging six points per game and and rebound. Uh, Only played like 10 minutes per game. After the All-Star break, he was playing really well, especially uh, nearing the end of the season. uh, And and actually ended up averaging 14 points per game and a couple assists, a couple rebounds. And played a lot of minutes. He was um, minus uh, two or four, I think, in terms of plus plus minus. Uh, and after the All Star break, he was plus thirty three, uh, uh, thirty six. Uh, so um, that's a player who really took a leap last season, and and hopefully he can take another leap this season. Through small sample size theater, but as a starter, he uh, he only started seven games last season. But as a starter, he averaged twenty one points and three re- or 
Yeah, three rebounds, almost four assists, pretty good shooting splits, 44, 37, 90. So really, really, really small sample size, but there might be something there. I'm not entirely sure. I've I've seen this happen before. Yeah. I know Lakers fans always get excited of like, hey, if this guy can make the next leap, like, I don't know how many years I'm going to have to live with Taylor Horton Tucker's the next whatever, but I hope for Golden State's sake, Poole will be, actually be good. Yeah, and mm. I, I think he is good. I think he's pretty legit. And I assume that he's going to be starting for at least the first couple months of the season where, where you know, he can be a scorer for them um, and then eventually move into a six-man role and give them give them production off the bench. Right. What do you see their starting lineup being? Hmm. Yeah. It's actually pretty difficult. Did they use Draymond Green as the center last season? Not as a starter. They still don't want to do that. Wiseman? Yeah. Or Looney? Yeah. I think they'll probably start Wiseman again. And he'll be a you know below average starting center. I mean, maybe he 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 had a you know you have you have to learn a few things when when you're coming into the league and it just like blown off the court because you you can't keep up with uh, Steph Curry and he was basically like watching basketball for the last couple months of this season. Um, hopefully he'll he have, if it's been a learning experience for him. Maybe you do start small. Start Dre at the center. Go Dre, Otto, Wiggins, yeah, Curry, my, and Poole. Yeah, that's, that was that was my thought as yeah. well. I mean, start Draymond Green, Otto Porter as the big man. Yeah. I mean, you teams don't like to play, well, start small and, and play that way full seasons. But, um, you know, you can definitely close with that lineup. You know, you, you, you get a little bit of a death lineup there. You also got Nemanja Belice, who's like big enough to guard most big men. Yeah, he he looked kind of washed last season, so we'll see if he can do anything. Like if he can shoot, and you can, yeah. that's a way that you can get another big man on the floor with Draymond. He's definitely not a good defender. Then, then that so could that's... be good. Yeah, he's at least big, so like, you know, Draymond is is good enough to sort of co- cover that sort of side of the ball. Um, so Felix can just you know be large. Ooh, what if he went enough. big? I mean, semi big because none of these guys are all that big. But Looney, Green, Porter, Wiggins, and Curry. That way your bench, you can kind of roll out the young guys as one unit. So you got Wiseman, uh, Kaminga, Moody, Jordan Poole, and fishing for a name, Michael Mulder. I remember you like your boy Mike or Juan Toscano-Anderson. Yeah, I mean, that that could be another option. I think they'd probably start with Wiseman just because Looney is like such a negative offensive player that if you if you play him with Draymond, then that's sort of just like a, you know, a black hole of spacing and... I mean, he's you know he's maybe better than Wiseman. He probably is, um, especially defensively. But I think it's just too hard to play those guys together. Um, both not being able to do anything offensively. But yeah, I wonder if if I mean if Otto Porter is like Washington Otto Porter and he's you know can put up points in the low teens on good shooting and be a decent defender, then I think he could be a really useful player for them. And maybe while they're waiting for Clay, that is the lineup that they go to is with Wiggins at the two and Porter at the three, um, and then Draymond and I'd say Wiseman. Is, is there a chance that Jonathan Kuminga is ready to be a starter? I loved him at the start of the G Leagues season uh, apparently he didn't progress and i don't watch that much or much more of it but when i was doing my early scouting i thought there was a good chance that he should have been more of the top three guys not the like definitive fifth guy and then when he started slipping i got confused i i'm really high on kaminga i just think he's young and raw yeah. i wouldn't start him with the other players just golden state runs a really intricate offense and i think he might struggle in the same way wiseman struggled yeah, to, uh, to right. grasp it, which is why I like the idea of running him and Wiseman and Moody and doing like a younger, almost entirely different offense for the young guys versus the starters. It's not a great long term plan, but I think in the short term it would work out really well. 
Yeah, I wonder if Kaminga's going to be a starter for the Santa Cruz Warriors. <laughs> I mean, that's possibly also an outcome that could be holding some truth. He's six seven two twenty, so I was just thinking in terms of size, he's like the second biggest guy, or a third, I guess, behind Kevin Looney. I haven't watched anything from Jonathan Kuminga. Just thought with a body like that, he could be a decent defender. Yeah, I mean, he he should be. It's just that the sort of the the mental part. And also the jump shot need to come along before like he can be a, a meaningful player on a team that's, you know, this is a team that's trying to go deep into the playoffs. You know, if they want to win 42 games again, then they can absolutely go to Kaminga, but I, I don't think he's, he's going to be close to ready to play meaningful for this team. I also think that size uh, is probably inflated there. He is skinny. I mean, he's not like super skinny, but I... I would expect him to be more like the 210-ish. Um, kind of just He's a built wing, but he's not like a built wing. Maybe he's slimmed down doing his uh, G League Hope so. uh, time. Got a little quicker. So where are you guys going? Under or over for him? Kind of sounds like we're all leaning in the under. <laughs> yeah, I guess we are. So maybe we'll, we, all, we should have them under Clippers. Yeah, I'd, I'd go probably under that line. And But I mean, same thing. Like if, if they want to play small ball all season, like if they just go straight to Draymond, then I think they'd they'd probably go over, and if, and if Clay's looking like you know ninety percent Clay, then they'd go over. But with having a player center and Clay being out for a long time, and you know not knowing how he's going to look once he's back, and you know Steph, I'd say I mean it's so, going to be super hard to just play as well as he did last season. So I'd probably go under on that one too. I'm going under, but still over the Clippers. Right. The fourth team by FanDuel those rankings it's for over unders is the defending Western Conference champions the Phoenix Suns. How do you guys feel about having them not be the number one seed in the Pacific? I mean, I get it, but I also don't. Like <laughs> Their roster is just looking so good for the regular season. They have a lot of guys who are just in their prime, you know? I mean, they, they don't have any injury problems. I expect them to play really well in the regular season. You know, with, with a team like Los Angeles Lakers, who they, they then would have as this the first uh, in, in this, this this division. They do have a lot of problems in terms of health. Uh, they are very old. <laughs> so they had, they rely on playing a lot of very old guys. <laughs> and they rely on a lot of roster depth that isn't there. So I, I do expect Phoenix Suns to, you know, win this division. What can we really say about the Sun? I mean, this is a team that was in the finals last season. You'd expect Chris Paul to maybe take a little bit of a step back, but, you know, I think Devin Booker will take a a bit of a step forward to sort of compensate and, and the rest of their key players are, are young in terms of Aiden and, uh, and Bridges you'd expect them to come a little bit forward I sort of think they'll be sort of right around where they were last year and what what was that um what was that line Nate? the Phoenix Suns line is 50 and a half they almost won 50 games last season in fact they did they won they won more than that last season in 72 games they won 51 games so I don't see how they can really be you know with an 82 game point differential they were like 57 win team so i can't see how they're taking a massive step back so I, I think that's a decent over the one thing that gives you a little bit of concern is you know some of the bench lineups performed a lot better than what you'd expect like um you know the defense when dario sharich was at center was absurd um and dario sharich is not a good defensive center so you know there's probably some luck there that you wouldn't expect to carry forward but yeah i can't see how this team is getting seven games worse or six games worse i have to agree and considering i've uh gone with the under for the past three teams it feels good to pick an over uh, just betting wise it feels like if i go under on enough teams i should have to go over on a few i really like the fact that they kind of have backups for all of their backups like you got jay crowder and you got Mikel bridges 
Jay gets older, Mikhail yeah. can fill in. And behind them, you got Abdul Nader, who's he's fine. You also got Cam Johnson, who can kind of fit in there or fit more in the four. So like they have a solid three four rotation. Big men, they got Aiton. Darius Arch is out with an ACL. He's gonna miss a good part of next season. But they brought in JaVale oh. McGee. You know, solid. He's not great, but he's he's solid. Perfectly reasonable backup five. Absolutely. And you know, once Arch is back, now he's your third string. In case you get run into some foul trouble, like, you know, go against the Nuggets and yeah, Jokic attacking, putting your big men in foul trouble, you got you got three centers and Frank the tank. I wouldn't be opposed to call them the favorite for, for winning the uh, Western Conference next season. I, I kind of think they have the best like regular season starting lineup, and I think they're really upgrading upgraded in terms of roster depth. Um, Langston Galloway is kind of nice. They got Chandler Hutchinson from Chicago, who I think has potential to be a very nice uh, defensive guy. You know, forward and um, Landry Shamit. I mean, maybe this is the right place for him, and and this is the the time for him to shine. They also got Alfred Payton, who I don't like at all, but when he's your when he's your third string point guard, that's fine. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna bring him up next. Is just you got campaign to back up Chris Paul, but I think we all would expect yeah. that Chris Paul maybe takes some time off, maybe misses a few games, and so now when you have to bring in third string center to play. 15 minutes for a two-week stretch. Alfred Payton was starting for the Knicks. And yeah, Alfred Payton started on the four seed last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, basic, they basically don't have any bad players. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. That that I feel like that's a fact. Yeah. And that, that's sort of a... You know, if you listen to the Mismatch podcast, that's something that Chris Vernon, one of his theories is like, just don't play bad players and then you'll be good. Um, and, and the Suns, you really struggle to find a situation where they're going to have to play a bad player. <laughs> So then the flip side of this is the Lakers, who FanDuel has as the number one team to come out of this division. They're at 53.5 if wins. Do we think 53.5 is too high or too low for the Lakers? And it sounds like you're both taking the Suns over them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm actually not going to take the Suns over them. I think this Ah. is the best team in the conference. I think they're sort of in a a tear to themselves. And the the thing that's really brought me over to that side is, you know, sort of the idea that AD is just going to start at five and just play center full time is is getting some buzz around, you know, people with with inside knowledge of the team. You know, Jovan Buha, who covers the Lakers for the Athletic, um, who's who's a pretty plugged in guy, said that he expects that Davis is just going to start at the five. And if that's the case and you can go Davis at five with like LeBron and Ariza, then you know you you get a you know, a super defensive team. They're going to be one of the best defenses in the league. Davis at center is going to be unstoppable offensively, and having five guys on the floor or four other guys on the floor who can shoot makes makes Russell Westbrook incredibly more valuable. And so I think as a regular season team, this team's going to be just 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 awesome. You know, they could be like the best defense in like a top five offense. Um, so that's that's way better than you know low fifties. See, you forgot to consider one thing it's the fact that the lakers will start dwight howard at the four <laughs> no <laughs> i think if, if you want to play ad at the five that's great but then why did we bring in deandre jordan and dwight howard why why are we giving both guys roster spots so you got options you play them both like 10 minutes a game there's 20 yeah. minutes as your backup center davis plays a little bit with them but mostly mostly at the five you you got options if if you if you you know you're going against Denver and you need someone to just go in there and and be a dick and get some fouls then you put in Dwight but otherwise you you don't clog the paint. I don't think the Lakers have enough good other players. Like yeah. I'm not high on DeAndre Jordan. If you tell me hey 
Jordan never plays. Dwight gets 20 minutes a night. Some of it with, some of it without Davis. Okay, I'm fine with it. But Ariza's old. I like Ariza, and I've, I argued about his value a few, di- few pods ago. I don't think Bazemore's got much left in him. Bazemore's one of the younger guys on the team, ironically. Um, you know, Monk and Nunn, be good to see them get a fair amount of time to be a, an offensive punch. They might be more bench players. But you said play with a bunch of shooters and i don't see a bunch of shooters on this team so nate 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 every time we we, we talk about the los angeles lagos uh you never mention wayne ellington is there a reason for that it's because he was do with, you really think he was with the lakers before <laughs> oh so so you, you don't expect him to be any good okay i think i think wayne he's your ellington. starting shooting guard wayne ellington yeah i think so too 42 <laughs> percent for three last season beautiful 35 yeah. the year before 37 the year before yeah. that 39 37 35 37 this guy he's a three-point shooting specialist that can't average 40 percent for a three in a back-to-back years he's actually only averaged <laughs> over 40 percent twice but he's been on really bad teams I think with LeBron and, and Russell Westbrook, I think he can do some good things. Yeah, he he shot forty two percent last year in Detroit. They were like one of the worst offenses in the league. Yeah, that's the the defense has already gone to sleep. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance that Detroit just haven't played against any good teams either, because every single team just send out their <laughs> their like benchmark. Exactly, you could get away with you know. <laughs> no, but the problem with that argument is that defense that sorry that Detroit sucked on offense and they couldn't score yet yet Wayne Ellington still found a way to put up six threes a game and make 42% of them yeah you're just not contesting Wayne Ellington you're just like all right we're already up by 20 have a few open threes he was he was like the only guy on the floor that can shoot Nate he's the one guy that you can't leave open on Detroit last year yeah what a little funny side note about Wayne Ellington on the ESPN page I'm looking at right now Guess what's what the latest news is about Wayne Ellington? Don't tell me he's injured. You know, the, the last nah the the last news post on ESPN on Wayne Ellington is ten months ago they wrote ex Knicks guard Ellington is joining the Detroit Pistons. So they basically haven't spoken about Wayne Ellington since he joined the Pistons. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess uh, Lagos is is getting ex Knicks guard Wayne Ellington. Yay! Right now, nah, but I think he's a, I think he's a legit starter for the Lakers, and and then you get Malik Monk off the bench. Um, I, I don't think that's too bad. Yep, Monk, Nun, Tht to fill out the guards. Right. You got Baysmore and Carmelo to fill in on at, at the three and the four, and then Jordan and Dwight depending on on what sort of thing you need at the five. So I think they're deep. That they've got good players. LeBron and Davis are the best, you know, two man duo in the league. You think so? Oh, maybe Durant and maybe Durant and Harden. Now that I mention it, um, they're yeah, one of what, the the best two way duo, let's say, in the league. I think Davis at center makes your defense um, ridiculous. I think they're going to be like possibly the best defense in the league. And then Davis at five with LeBron at at the Ford and and Westbrook with space. I think it's going to be a, a ridiculous regular season team. All right, so I found the numbers I was looking for for Wayne Ellington, and yes, I'm going back to Wayne Ellington. Mm-hmm. So Wayne Ellington did not attempt a single three-point attempt per game while tightly contested, or while very tightly contested, per the NBA's tracking data. So he did not shoot a single shot per game with someone within two feet of him. Nate, doesn't doesn't that just mean that he's he's a guy who's only taking good shots? That's perfect for the Lakers. 
yeah, he's moving off ball, cashing in on the on the opportunities that he can that he can get. Yeah. Imagine that. I mean, LeBron getting a guy who's always open for a free. That's perfect. But, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll be excited for him. <laughs> He's basically he's basically Clay Thompson. So you, you've got prime Ray Allen at the two, Nate, the man with the golden arm. All right, he better hit at least two threes a game for us next season. I just this team is so old. Yeah, disgustingly old. Like that's a team I would I would uh, you know put together in in NBA 2K14 or something. I think you could put this team together in 2K14. All right, so I'm gonna try to do this math on the fly because they always go. First year's a rookie, then they say you're you're a one year pro. So if you're an eighteen year pro, you're actually been in the league for nineteen seasons. So you're you're entering your nineteenth year, is that correct? Yes, yeah, entering Okay. So you got eighteen years down. So LeBron is entering his nineteenth year. Carmelo is entering his nineteenth year. Ariza's entering his eighteenth year. Dwight's entering his eighteenth year. Rondo is entering his sixteenth or his yeah, sixteenth year. Westbrook is entering his 14th year. Jordan is entering his 14th year. Wayne Ellington is entering his 13th year. Bazemore and Davis are both entering their 10th year. I'm pretty sure that they have over like 150 years of experience together. (laughs) Exactly. It's just so crazy. I mean, the average NBA career is about 4.5 years. (laughs) So all those, I mean, what's their average? Like the Lakers squad have been playing basketball in the NBA for like an average of 10 years or something. It's crazy. Just saying, I don't trust this team. I think they'll be good. I think they'll be over 53. I'd put it at 54, 55. It's not much over. I could see Phoenix surpassing them, uh, especially if LeBron misses any time. But I'm still pretty out on on this year's Lakers. They're going to have to prove me wrong. Yeah. So you're going to go under on your own team, Nate? No, I'm going over, but just by a hair. Right. Like, the Kings, I don't think the Kings are going to sniff that win total. Golden State, I think they'll get close. The Lakers, I think they'll be a hair over. Phoenix, I could see being significantly over, and the yeah. Clippers, I'm I'm dubious. Yeah, yeah, I think I think this, I think both the Suns and the Lakers go way over. Yeah, like e- even with being low on the Lakers, I think they're I'm low but higher. Like it's just not a hard of a bar. Yeah, and I also think the West in general is going to be a little bit weaker this year. Just you know, yeah, I mean the East is is getting so much better next season, um, and the West is going a little bit back. And just losing Kawhi and Jamal Murray. It hurts. It hurts the conference as a whole when arguably two of the best teams are experiencing these injuries. So I guess that does it. So the Pacific, you know, Lakers number one, Clippers at fourth, Phoenix second, Golden State Warriors at three, and Sacramento at the bottom. Yeah, you went such a random order listing that out, but you you got it right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I, <laughs> I don't know why I was uh, doing that. <laughs> Well, hey, if you guys enjoyed uh, our Pacific talk or have thoughts or comments you want to argue against us, hit us up at hoopstemple at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and yell at us there. People did a lot about Russell Westbrook, so you can join them. Maybe we should talk a little bit more about Russell Westbrook. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, okay. okay. Catch ya. Don't uh, beat at that horse. Isn't that, uh, it is. All right. Get a drink. 